CSN International presents to every man an answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Tuesday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. So glad you've joined us. Looking forward to being with you for the next hour as we set this time aside, live radio, to answer questions about the Bible from the Bible, look at current events through a biblical perspective, and of course, what we hear in church is it even in the Bible at all. If you've got a question you'd like to ask us, that number to call again, 8888-ASK-CSN. We'll do our very best to get to that question and try to give you what the Bible really says on that topic not just a fragment of a verse or a thought or a piece of a, a verse, but really, what does the Bible say on that? We'll do our very best. And uh, so, again, 8888-ASK-CSN. Joining me today, special guest Greg Blanc from Rapid City, South Dakota, Calvary Chapel. Hi and welcome. Hello, Pastor Mike, and hello, Team Tima, to every man an answer. It's, uh, it is always such a, it's a trip. This is the fastest hour in radio, it goes by so quickly, and we're we're never at a shortage of things to talk about. You see, the Putin's uh, Putin's talking about a new world order, and and uh, I don't think a lot of people understand this this war in Ukraine. It's not really from from Russia's perspective. They haven't even called it a war yet. They haven't declared war on Ukraine. I think they called it a. Uh, um, some kind of some kind of incursion, but there's word on the street that he is going to declare war on Ukraine, and what that does, it allows him to no longer be limited to conventional weapons. So maybe he's going to use some uh, some uh, some tactical nukes or something. He could do something. He could do something crazy. Bill Gates is out there and he's putting millions of dollars towards uh, wanting people to have uh, 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 a digital, a digital identity. The Pope is calling for uh, a one world religion. And Mike, did you get it? The the president ordered, you know, how many doses of these radiation pills since uh, since all of a sudden we're talking about nuclear war? Did you notice that he only ordered two hundred and ninety million? But we have. 350 million people in our nation. I'm, you know, I didn't spend, I didn't do all that well in math back in the day, but uh, that doesn't seem like there's enough to uh, counteract the uh, nuclear (laughs) issue. Oh, I know. I know. It's, it's like something we've never seen before. And when you stop to think about it, even a limited nuclear war in Ukraine will render the Ukraine worthless. Why would you do that? You don't want to live in it anyway after you get done making it glow. So, you know, when you really look at all the things going on, Jesus said in Matthew 24, when you begin to see these things, look up your redemption, draw an eye. Uh, this is uh, perplexity among nations, uh, problems with no way out. And I definitely believe that we need to be watching for the upper taker. I think that, again, <laughs> there is no solution. Yeah. 
Uh, when you look, here's a here's a, something that people don't think about, especially people buying houses and selling houses right now. <clears throat> and when you stop to think that inflation is over 20%. Now, they say it's 8.25. That is funny math because they change the way they calculate inflation. But if you go back 20 years, uh, the way they calculate it now, we're at over 21%. I've shared this many times, the worst inflation since 1948. And when you stop to think about this for just a minute, you buy a piece of property for, let's say, uh, $10,000. And then and then uh, uh, 15 years ago, now you're going to sell it for, now you're going to sell it for uh, $100,000. And you go, oh, look, I made $90,000. Oh, no, you didn't. No, because a lot of that is inflation. So here's the problem. You get capital gained on the 90000 though probably over 50% of that was inflation. So guess what? You get whammed twice. First by inflation, <laughs> second by capital gains, because they don't adjust the capital gains to inflation, which they should do. So uh, again, when you look at this, you realize they want to micromanage every one of us into the stratosphere. Oh, friends, be careful of this. Again, when you see what they did to an ex-president, President Trump, just imagine where that leaves all of us little people. Think about that one for a minute when you look at that. When they're gunning for you, let's, let's look at this honestly. You know, you don't see anything about Joe Biden uh, being uh, an agent for the Chinese getting under the table money. Oh, yeah, that's on Hunter Biden's laptop. Guess what? When they investigate him, guess who's going to go? Well, Joe's on his way. So when we really look at this up close, hey, listen, look up. Your redemption draws nigh. Again, it's about Jesus. And I, I look at futile, man's futile efforts to govern himself. And uh, wow, when we look at it, we see uh, really a wonderful government that we had uh, now morphing into a communist, socialistic kind of thing where, uh, like in Russia, they kept track of every single thing you do. Well, guess what, everybody? That's where we're at now. And again, they can track you through your credit cards. They know where you spend your money, where you go, what stores you go to. Uh, but, you know, that's not enough. So if we could put a chip in you, we can monitor every single place you go. You think about why do they want to do this? Well, again, Satan has always wanted to control human beings from the very beginning. I believe this is what the fight, the war in heaven was about, where he said, I'll ascend and be as the most high. And a third of the stars, the angels, were alongside with him. They agreed. What was that over? I believe it was over that creating human beings a little lower than the angels didn't bother Satan and the other angels at all. But then when the Bible says he's going to elevate this new creation, humans, above the angels, Paul says, 1 Corinthians 6, someday you will judge angels. I don't think that's set well with the devil, and I don't think it's set well with at least the third of the stars either. And uh, the Bible even says he's going to call us, these humans that love him, his bride. Wow. Well, we know that Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall from, from heaven like lightning. Boy, I'll tell you, that must have been quite a fall. 
tell you. Well, let's go ahead and go to the phones. We have Joe on the line, El Paso, Texas. Hi, welcome. How are you? Good. How may we help? Yes, uh, I was reading the Bible. Uh, where was Jesus Christ when he was a teenager? And I can't seem to find nothing. Well, that's because it's not there. The last record that we have of Jesus is at 12 years old. When they went back to Jerusalem, and as they left, they, they noticed Jesus wasn't with them. And so they looked all over, and they found Jesus in the temple confounding the Pharisees. This is when he was 12 years old. It's found in Luke chapter 2, uh, verse around 41, 42, like that. We don't find that time of Jesus's life again until he was about 30 years old when he was baptized and he entered his earthly ministry. Your thoughts? Well, Joe, I can tell you, well, I could tell you exactly what Jesus did when he was a teenager if I was Jesus. That's the that's the only way that we're going to know exactly what Pastor Mike says. There is a gap between when he uh, officially started his ministry in his 30s and uh, and uh, between uh, what we know at uh, him missing his missing from the caravan and uh, being found at the temple teaching, teaching the scribes and the Pharisees. And, and it just blew him away, the wisdom that he had. We, uh, we do know that he grew, he continued to grow in the knowledge of God. So um, that's, that's all we can tell you. Pastor Mike and, and myself and the rest of the pastors here on uh, CSN will tell you that where the Bible is silent, so am I. So if that's a big deal when we get to heaven, stand in line there, Joe, and, and, and ask, ask the Savior himself. Yeah, you know, and there's some heretical books that are out that said, oh, Jesus in his teen years was healing puppies and healing <laughs> birds and all just pure junk. Don't waste your time on it. That's it's right. not God's word. And uh, we don't have to worry about that. Most all the stuff, well, all of stuff is made up. Um, uh, there's a few historical books that I think are good. The writings of Josephus are very good, but not really covering this time of Jesus's life. So hope that helps. Yes, sir. Uh, one more question. Sure. Uh, well, uh, when Jesus Christ was uh, dying in the cross, what was the last words he said? It is finished. To last die. And uh, into your hands I commend my spirit. And uh, uh, Jesus uh, let his spirit go. And, and uh, so I hope that helps. Did he say that uh, Fred, uh, you have forsaken me, something like that? Well, th- there was, I believe, seven phrases that Jesus mentioned from the cross. Greg, your thoughts? No, you're right. And what you have to do, you have to be a Berean. You have to look in all the Gospels because none of the Gospels have all seven. But uh, um, uh, either Luke or Matthew says uh, to Telestai, it is finished, which... Um, would have been the script that uh, somebody would have given when your payment was made in full. So that's the good news. That's what it means, paid paid in full, that there's nothing else that we can do to enter into uh, heaven and have our relationship restored with our creator, except to put our trust in Jesus. And then um, uh, in one of the... Uh, Gospels, uh, the last words, uh, his last words are, into your hands, 
talking to the Father in your hands, I commend my spirit. So uh, they are both correct. So I, I hope that that hope that answers it for you. Um, uh, but but um, th- that wasn't the last things that he said before he went to heaven, because when he came back to life, of course, he taught the disciples. He reasoned with them from Scripture. The two on the road to Emmaus, uh, Jesus appeared behind locked doors. Do you have anything to eat? We remember he appeared uh, uh, along the Sea of Galilee, spoke with the disciples, asked Peter, do you love me three times? Interesting, Peter denied the Lord three times. So you find that. Hope that helps. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. God bless you. Stay online. Send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll enjoy them. Great for evangelism. With that, we'll go to Ben in Montana. Hi, welcome. Hi. Hi. Yeah. How may we help? So I was okay. So I don't know if you want to judge another man's ministry, but uh, my wife really likes to listen to Rod Parsley, and I was trying to listen to him, but it seems a whole lot of, you know, you give me a thousand, God's yeah. going to bless you with a hundred thousand. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I, you know everybody has their own thing, but. Honestly, this is one of the main reasons that years ago I was so inspired to do something with Christian radio because I was so appalled at the at the at the ministers on the take in the name of God. And I don't want to single any one of them out because I think there's many. But the thing is, freely we've received, freely give, the Bible says. Yes, it takes money to keep CSN on the air, but you'll notice you don't hear week-long begathons. You don't have uh, all these scams and miracle wallets and, you know, all this kind of junk that's out there. I believe that where God guides, God provides. I've always believed that, though not a Bible verse, but it does say he will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. And, and I, I really believe that. But when I see these guys that do this kind of stuff, and there's many of them bragging about their five Lear jets that they have, I mean, this is pretty appalling to me. And one of the reasons I think so many people are turned off uh, by the gospel. Now, I thank God for every single person that contributes to CSN, whether they be a tower keeper, whether they support the programming that we have on CSN. Without all of you doing that, we can't exist. But... It isn't a scam. It isn't a money wallet deal. It isn't something like that. Just send me your money and I'll send you an everlasting money wallet, always full of money for just $29.95. And if you act in the next five minutes, we'll give you two. That's right, two money wallets for the low, low price of just $29.95, shipping included. I, I mean, you hear this, I just, I just get angry. And I understand why Jesus, the first place he went When he came down from the mountain on that Palm Sunday, it was their time. It was their day. Their Messiah had came the exact day. He went into the temple and he saw them buying and selling money changers, all this miracle wallet stuff, begging for money, seed faith, all this kind of junk. And the Bible said he turned the tables of the money changers over. And when all that was over, they were outraged. But then the Bible says, then he taught the people. Friends, I think that's so important. Is that we go back with a loving relationship with God. 
Freely you've received, freely give. Lay up for yourself treasure in heaven. That's so important. I want to make good investments with the things God has given me to invest in heaven, to invest as what I believe CSN does and is. I talk to people every week who have been changed by listening to the radio. They were either not saved, they had backslidden, they had gotten offended by the church and sometimes the money schemes and scams. Sometime in their demanding of their of of keeping their creeds and and uh, demanding their tithes and all these things, they left the church. They listened to a message of freedom, and uh, their lives were changed forever. And I just want all of you to know that by you supporting CSN very quickly, you get that reward in heaven as well. We're all in this together. But as far as the scams go. The money wallets, the seed faith. Give me 50 bucks and you're going to get 50,000, you know. It's just scam. That's what I believe. Now, Greg, your thoughts. Well, Ben, I'm glad that you prefaced your question with a question to us. You know, I don't know if you want to bash another man's ministry. And and I think that all pastors, you know, we... We know that none of our ministries are perfect, and if you look real hard, you might be able to find something that, you know, uh, uh, somebody could at least make a claim, you know, wasn't right. But that's why pastors like Mike Kessler and myself and the other guys on the program, we stick to sound doctrine. We don't, we won't get goofy. We can't allow ourselves to go further beyond what the, what the scriptures teach. It's just, it's just foolishness to do that. When you come to the to the word faith movement, there's all kinds of goofy things that they do and they blame it on the Holy Spirit. And it's 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 not just the 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 greed and the hunger for money, their uh their doctrine and and you can't lump a, you can't lump them all into the same category because there I guess there are degrees of uh some of their doctrine is heretical, definitely heretical. Some of it is just goofy and and don't know why anybody would, would even put any belief in it at all. But it's not just money thereafter. It's it's promising that every child of God is going to have perfect health uh, until you don't, until you croak. I, don't, I often ask them about that. Okay, so, you, so you're telling me that you're, you're planning on having perfect health into your 80s and your 90s and then one day... You know, it's not going to be pneumonia. It's not going to be some cold that turned into something more serious as our as our tents wear out. You're just going to croak off the planet, and that's 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 just not supported by the facts. So you always have to test it, Mike. You would probably say this is this is accurate as well. I, I'll appreciate your input. But the way that we have always been taught to test things, number one. Is it a normative practice? You might want to write this down if you're out there in the audience uh, today. Write this down. Is it a normative practice found in Scripture? Number two, did Jesus teach it? and uh, Or is it taught in the Gospels? And number three, is it taught in the book of Acts? And all this goofy stuff, this, uh, you know, I listened a couple times last week and, and it kept coming up. Mike, you kept talking about the holy laughter stuff that is, is making a comeback. It hasn't been around for a while, but people are still asking questions about it. So somebody is still 
hanging on to that bad idea like a pit bull on a pork chop because it's it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense so always test we're commanded to test the spirits and uh they be of god that and for anybody who who understands the importance of giving to a ministry if there are people that have that are that are controversial let's just say that um and there are some red flags in your spirit just support just support some place like CSN and the to every man and answer program because there aren't any check marks in those ministries that's all i got mike back to amen. you amen no I, I agree and so i hope that answers it for you ben okay real quick where does he get this idea out of the bible of seed money if you don't mind i don't know where they get a lot of their stuff they make they it talk up. about you don't, seed you... time and harvest. You know, well, there's. I remember that was always a big, a big. Uh, you know, they 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 talk about seed time and harvest. Go ahead, Mike. I'll see if I can look it up real quick. Yeah. Well, no, but but we understand that. But but the thing is, and you know, the Bible said that you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly, uh, all these kinds of things. But you don't find any of the apostles, or for that matter, the followers of Jesus, in the Book of Acts doing this kind of stuff. You don't find Paul doing this kind of stuff in any of his writings to the church at Corinth or uh, to the, uh, the Philippians or any. You don't find this kind of stuff. This is stuff that's manufactured. And when I find people manufacturing, where are you going to stop? Hey, that's not in the Bible. Well, hey, holy howling is not in the Bible either, but they're doing it. Holy laughter rolling on the floor hysterically saying the Holy Spirit made them do this. That's not in the Bible. Why are they doing it? I believe it's so important. I love what Peter said in Acts chapter 2. When they were filled with the Spirit, uh, they were speaking with tongues. Peter stands up with the interpretation, not of what they were saying, but what they were doing. He said, this is which was prophesied by the book of Joel talking about your old men seeing dreams, your young men seeing visions, all these kinds of things that uh, would be, and he said, this is that. But you can't do that with the, a lot of these TV evangelists. You can't do that with this with a lot of the false doctrine that's bouncing around the, the country right now and around the world. You can't say this is that. Well, they're, they're, they're wholly rolling on the floor. They're, they're, they're laughing hysterically. You can't say, well, you know, this is found in the book of Acts, chapter 5, verse 3. No, you can't find it. It's not there. This is heresy. That's why the Bereans studied to see in the scriptures if what Paul and the others were saying to them was true. Because the problem is, so much of what is going out there today isn't God's word. It's church dogma. Well, this is what our church denomination believes. Well, your church denomination could be wrong. Well, uh, that's all right. I, I don't care what the Bible says. My mind's made up. Don't confuse me with the facts, they'll say. Well, that's a real problem. Because again, we're not called to represent church dogma. We're called to represent Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the message of the gospel. And that if we repent, believe on him, we'll be saved. Pretty simple. Oh, no. 
They got it all goofed up. You got to be selling flowers in airports. You got to wear blue. You got to eat organically grown food. You got all these rules. You got to join our church. You got to be sealed in the temple. You got to be this. You got to be that. No, a thousand times no. The Bible says, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, our Father, which art in heaven. That's the relationship God wants with you, a father-child relationship, not a legalist relationship. Well, look, God, I kept the Ten Commandments. I did this. I didn't do that. Look how good I am. We don't approach God that way. I've never had my children approach me like that. They just go, Daddy with their arms open. That's what God wants from you. And religion always, always junks it up. And you see the people begging for money and all this kind of junk? Yeah, it, 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 it really upsets me. But remember this, Jesus was upset too. And he turned the ta- table of the money changers over. And believe me, friends, there's a lot of tables that need to be overturned today in this world. Because it's, it's become a business rather than a ministry. It's become nickels and noses rather than the truth of God's word. Well, we can't tell people the truth on Sunday morning because, you know, we might offend some. And, you know, we built this big edifice called a church building that if we offend half the people that are coming to our church, we won't be able to pay for it. We'll go under. So therefore, we just give sermonettes for Christianettes. Well, friends, that's the problem. You know, there was a song years ago, too many churches, but not enough truth to find. I mean, when the world says this, that wasn't Christian radio. She's gone too far. She's lost the son. Yeah, I understand that. When the world says there's too many churches and not enough truth to find. Friends, that tells me we're in a lot of trouble. And that was in the 60s. No wonder America is in the deplorable condition it is. No wonder ministers today won't stand up for what's right. Well, I'm afraid, you know, if I came out and really, you know, talked about LGBT and, you know, read Romans chapter 1 to the congregation, half my church would leave. Good! Good! You'll make room in your church for people that really want to come in and do what God wants. Hey, listen, not all the cults say, Lord, Lord, are going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. You look at the impressive things those guys were doing. Healing people, casting out demons. Jesus said, depart from me, I never knew you. Well, when you stop to think about that, well, how do I know if I'm a real believer? Do you love Jesus with your heart? Can you truly call your dad in heaven father? Or is he some obscure, hard-to-know, disjointed person? Oh, friends, I'll tell you. We need to get back to what God's Word says because I I believe storm clouds are on the horizon and uh, religion will not get you through, but a real relationship with Jesus will. We're coming up on a break. Ben, I hope that answers it. Stay in line. We'll be back for more right after this. You know, a lot of times you have to choose between something high quality or something that saves you money. But if you can get both, why not? Especially when it comes to health care. And that's MediShare. You get both. The typical family saves 500 bucks a month switching to MediShare. And that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. It's because MediShare 
works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge PPO network. So, yeah, really, you could save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. If you're self-employed or part of the gig economy, or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. Here is the number you need. Call 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. Dr. Job Martin has spent the last 20 years exploring the science between creationism, evolution, and the remarkable animals that defy evolutionary assumptions. So we started looking at the assumptions, and I began to realize they're making some claims here that really the assumptions aren't valid. In the DVD, Incredible Creatures That Defy Evolution, Dr. Martin walks you through his transformation from a supporter of evolution to a belief in true biblical creation. It took a five-year struggle for me to begin to flip the way I think from thinking in an evolutionary way to thinking in more this animal or little creature, little bug, whatever, was created fully formed, just like it is, because that went against everything I'd ever learned. To get the first volume of Incredible Creatures That Defy Evolution for a donation of $20 plus shipping, call us at 1-800-546-8731 or visit us online at csnradio.com. Back to part two of Jerry Man Answer on this Tuesday afternoon with Greg Blunk. I'm your host, Mike Kessler, and we're going to go back to the phones. We have Tom on the line. Hi, Tom. Oregon. Hi, welcome. Hi. Hey, uh, thanks, you two, for doing what you're doing. God is good. A simple, one, a simple one for you. I'm going to throw a name out there. I need another opinion other than my Internet searches because my pastor is referencing a guy by the name of Sky Jathani. Is don't that, don't know that, of him. Do you know of him? He's a he's a guy. It's funny. I just got back from Denver um, for uh, the refresh conference at Ed Taylor's church in Calvary Chapel Aurora. So a shout out to uh, Calvary Chapel Aurora on that. Excellent job. Perfect team. Um, yeah, he's. I think he's a guy. I think he's a guy uh, out of uh, out of the Denver metro area. And as I remember. He just has a, a, a ministry to um, kind of the outcasts uh, um, or those that presume themselves to be to be outcasts. And um, I, I don't know a lot um, about uh, about his theology. Is is there a particular question, Tom, that uh, did you hear? What did he say? What did your what did your uh, what pastor quote him yeah. in saying? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I wish could. He used a couple quotes, and then uh, then we we looked them up, and there was a lot of emerging church influences in his. I mean, he's a he's a known writer too. He has some popular books out. I just wanted another opinion because I was really getting this emerging church sense when I'm reading his out of a box, you know, the Bible is just words. Um, God is bigger than the Bible, uh, the words, and, it, and so I'm just wrestling with that. Did he yeah, say well, the, the, the God is bigger than the Bible? 
Well, no, these I'm, guys so say I don't that want to get any deeper these emergent them. guys. Yeah. The emergent guys, they say that kind of stuff all the time. Well, yeah. No, I, I understand. Uh, what, I, what I'm trying to understand is, is your current church trying to identify with this and the emergent church or, <clears throat> you know, because what I have generally found just personally you're always better off quoting people in the Bible than outside sources. You know, you and I hear this endlessly from all these people. They come up with a weird doctrine, and then they continue to quote these bad theologians to support their bad ideas, rather than saying, well, the Bible says this. Well, we don't care what the Bible says. Uh, uh, this, great, this great one who claims to be of somewhat uh, says this which actually kind of contradicts what the Bible says. Uh, and all of a sudden now we're studying his teachings and his ideas and quoting him rather than the Bible. This is one of the greatest problems I have with Calvinism. They keep quoting Calvin. Well, Calvin's not in the Bible. His old doc- If it was true Christianity, it wouldn't be Calvinism. It'd be simply Christianity. But by the very name says there's something wrong with it. Like Mormonism and Calvinism and any other ism schism that's out there. Sorry to interrupt. Oh no, I was just going to say that uh, that if if anybody, you know, sometimes you can tell people's people's doctrine by who they hang out with, and if he's uh, if he's an emergent guy and he's hanging out with the the Brian McLaren types, um, then. Uh, you know, do some more research. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I I couldn't say anything uh, wrong because I don't know, I don't know his specific theological bents. Good, good that he wants to reach out to um, people that maybe some other people aren't reaching out to. But if he's using uh, unbiblical methods to do that, then then you have a right to uh, to be exercising um, some caution there, Tom. Mike? Yeah, I, I would just ask, you know, I mean, I, I would just watch that, be sensitive. To it. And if you have questions, just go to your pastor and say, hey, let me ask you a question. You know, you keep quoting this guy, you know, um, you know, if he's in the emergency search or anything else, just say, what say you? You know, or where are you at in this? Oh, no, I, I really believe the emergent church is the way to go, and I'm slowly introducing it into our church, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, then, you know, you have to make a decision there whether you're going to stay or leave. Um, I, I would try to get to the crux of the matter, um, you know, and just go and ask somebody where, where they're at. Um, because I find the more times you quote non-biblical sources for your information, the more likely you are to have issues later on. Now, I'm not saying that different pastors haven't had a different, you know, some cute little thing they say or a good thought. But I think the minute that we begin to quote them, rather than go back to Scripture, Jesus said, we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, not we live by every word that proceeds from my favorite teacher. we got to be careful of that. Uh, so again, the Bible has been time-tested and true. These other guys and their ideas, their philosophies and things like that, we have to be very careful of. Though it may sound logical when we hear it, it is not necessarily scripturally sound and the test of time will prove it to be false doctrine. 
So this is, these are why we, I believe we live by what the Bible says. Now, again, if you go to a church that doesn't teach the Bible, you don't know what the Bible says. So, hey, baby, the sky's the limit. Because, again, nobody's referencing the Bible anymore. Uh, and, and so, and when you go to church and you hear a verse, a piece of a verse, um, gosh, you can make the Bible say whatever you want it to. You know, you can go out, rob banks, cheat, do whatever you want to do, because the Bible says, I can do all things in Philippians through Christ that strengthens me. I can do whatever I want. Is that what it says? No, if you read the context, it's about glorifying God. But see, unfortunately, people, if you take a verse out of context, you can make it say whatever you want. And a lot of times, these popular people that ministers are quoting, because they don't really teach the Bible, they come up with an idea that sounds really catchy and so in vogue uh, that this becomes their doctrine, and it's not even in the Bible at all. We had earlier caller today on this thing. So hope that helps. It does. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate what you do. Tom, stay on line. Send you out some books and DVDs. And the little book called Time to Grow, you might look through it because it's a good, basic understanding of biblical doctrine. It's what churches should have. And if a church does not believe in those that are in there, just normal doctrine, then I, I think there might be something wrong with that. Uh, because no emphasis on God's word, um, no um, repentance required for accepting Christ. It's very clear. I wrote this in the book. This book has been in production for probably 25 years, so it's very clear. I've never changed my stance on this, uh, and uh, so uh, it, it's there. Uh, it talks about being filled with the Spirit. It talks about the importance of Christian friends. It's all in there. And, and a lot of times, you know, you can just give it to your pastor and say, look, thumb through this. It'll take you five minutes. Do you agree with anything or disagree with anything in here? It'll give you a pretty good idea where they're coming from. Stay, stay on the line, Tom. We'll get that out to you. Let's go to Colleen, Las Vegas. Hi, welcome. Hi, pastors. I just want to ask this question. A couple questions. Uh, I just started going to a church, and the pastor comes from, uh, I'm going to probably say this wrong, uh, apostolic. Like, um, is that Pentecost? Pentecostal? Can be. Um, um, uh, there's different varying groups out there that use the same names. Uh, some are really, really biblically sound. Some are uh, really not very much emphasis on God's word, just signs and wonders and miracles and twirling on the ground, these kinds of things. Your thoughts? You know, you always have to span the language barrier, and uh, and if if you're talking about pastors that are putting on their business card saying that hey, I'm Apostle Freddie or I'm Apostle Bruce or whatever, um, I'm not sure that that's always wise. the wisest person. <laughs> to follow, yeah. <laughs> to follow. But, but ultimately, uh, you're correct. It's most of those people would claim that they're Pentecostal. I, I would claim that the Calvary Chapel is a Pentecostal church. Yes. It's just everything is done in decency and order. We believe in what happened on Pentecost and we, we hunger for Pentecost moments for, uh, 
for all of us, that the gifts uh, are for today, but 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 are very specific on how those gifts are uh, are to be used, especially especially in a public setting. So hope that answers it for you, Colleen. Colleen, hope that helps. Uh, You know what? Let me ask you this. What kind of, this is the thing. I go with a friend. I prayed and prayed. I've been praying for God to do something in my life. I swear I thought this was the church he put me in. I love it. But she's like, you're not getting it. And I mean, I know the Bible. I know the word. I don't think he says anything wrong. She said, ask these guys, because she listens to your station too. Ask Mike what kind of questions you should ask this pastor. And I said, I, I mean, I don't. She wants me to ask him, how does he baptize? And I said, well, if he says he just baptizes in oh. Jesus, I'm gone. Well, wait a minute. No, 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 no. You've just, you've just said something very, very important. A lot of the apostolic groups do not believe in the Heavenly Father or the Holy Spirit. They believe in what's called the Jesus-only doctrine. And what sparks that question is when they say, how are you baptized? Because they will say that Father is not a name, Holy Spirit's not a name, uh, but Jesus' name. Unfortunately, they don't know the scripture at all. If they did, they would understand in the name of Jesus or in the name of the, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, what is the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they will say? Well, that's Jesus. There is no heavenly father. It's just Jesus only. This is heretical doctrine. In fact, John, the beloved disciple in in 1 John 2.22, it says, He that denies the father and the son hath the spirit of Antichrist. Wow! That is bold, man. You deny that there's the heavenly father. You deny that there's, a, that, that there's Jesus. You have the spirit of Antichrist. Well, they do. They deny that there's a heavenly father. They say it's just Jesus only. Jesus was praying to himself in the garden of Gethsemane when he baptized that voice that came from heaven. This is my beloved son and whom I will please. Well, we don't know what that was. No, they got bad doctrine. It's really bad. They might be a Jesus only group. And if they are, I would not go there because I believe that is heretical teaching Very clearly, Jesus taught us to pray when Jesus was baptized, the voice from heaven, this is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit in the form of a dove came down and rested upon him. And for them to come along and say, there is no heavenly father, it's just Jesus only. Well, again, 1 John 2.22, he that denies the father and the son hath the spirit of Antichrist. There's something different deeply wrong with this group. So you have to be extremely careful when you look at that. And when I hear the term, how are you baptized? They're trying to find out were you baptized in Jesus' name or in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Because if you are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, well, brother, you are baptized wrong. No, you're in a cult. And that's what you need to tell them. It's very clear Jesus on the cross prayed to his Father in heaven. I don't know where these people come up with this crackpot doctrine when the Bible clearly says, if you deny the Father and the Son, you've got the spirit of Antichrist. The reason I get a little torqued over this is because it is so explicitly third grade English clear And yet, let's twist and warp Scripture to fit a weird dogma. 
And that's exactly what they do. And so when they ask, how are you baptized? Generally, they're fishing to find out if you are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or in the name of Jesus, because they don't believe in the Father and the Son or the Holy Spirit, only Jesus only. That's why they ask that question. And a lot of apostolic apostolic churches um, are, are into that. Not all of them. Not all of them. And it's not limited to those either. There's a lot of uh, churches out there that are bouncing around that uh, uh, hold of that doctrine as well. And if they would read the entirety of the Bible, they would know what they're teaching is junk. But they won't do that because of their church dogma. This is what our church believes. Don't confuse me with the facts. Hmm. And friends, it's as clear as you can get. If Jesus wasn't praying to his Father in heaven... There in the Garden of Gethsemane, who in the world was he talking to? But oh no, no, that's not the way they see it. No, you got to twist it and bend it. We're going to twist scripture till it confesses to what I want it to say. Oh, be careful, friends. It's out there. And the reason I tell you these things, I'm not, I'm not trying to be dogmatic. I'm trying to say, don't get wrapped up in this stuff. Because it hurts you in the long run. It destroys the relationship God wants to have with you. The father-child relationship. That's what Jesus said, when you pray, pray in this manner. Our Father which art in heaven. That's what Jesus taught. He said, no, when you pray, pray in this manner. Just pray to me, Jesus only. No, he didn't say that. No, is it okay to pray to Jesus? Well, certainly we find in the last chapter of Revelation, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus, John says. I agree to that. But that doesn't mean Jesus said, this is the way you should pray. Why did he pray that way? Let's understand this. Because of that father-child relationship that God wants to have towards us. So these loons, they say, well, father's not a name. Well, let me tell you something about that. My children don't call me Mr. Dad. They don't call me Mr. Kessler. They call me father or they call me daddy. Yes, it is a name. It's a personal name. Speaking of a personal relationship, which I really don't think a lot of these other people have. And so that's why they have to go through their religion, go through their twists, all the things they do. Sorry, but you know, I believe that again, this is fundamental Christianity and I'm amazed how many people simply will not read the Bible for what it says? I'm sorry, Greg, any last comments? <laughs> no, I think you said enough for both of us there, brother. Colleen, not, I not hope that helps you. To come up, but oh, I appreciate yeah. the passion. Go for it, Mike. <laughs> no, Colleen, I hope that answers it for you. And that's what I would ask. Are they a Jesus-only doctrine and deny the Father and the Holy Spirit? If they do, I'd leave that church immediately. And I, 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 not that I said that, John, the beloved disciple, said that, 1 John 2.22. So hope that helps, dear. All right. Have a good day. Thanks. Okay. And listen, if you need anything, let me know. We'll send you out some books, DVDs. And uh, I know of a couple of really good churches in Las Vegas. So call me back and I'll, I'll be glad to direct you to some that I believe are going to teach you the whole Bible. Colleen, God bless you. Thanks so much for the call. Let's go to Scott, Oregon. Hi, welcome. 
Hey, uh, again, thank you guys for a wonderful ministry. You guys have been there over the years to answer a lot of tough questions for me. And uh, I'm so glad Greg's on there today because the other day on the show, you guys referenced a, um, a list that you had on Bible verses to help support a pre-tribulation rapture. And uh, we've got, you know, several people that are all millennialists that uh, come to our church uh, and they're kind of they're not kind of they're wanting us to change our um, our covenant that we agree to when you become a member to somehow placate or allow for that perspective. Uh, I I don't want to do that because it seems like that perspective, uh, both whether it's mid trib or post trib or all millennial, tends to people tend to be anti-Israel or a little anti-Semitic. Um, so I, you guys had some reference that you talked about, and that's what I was wanting. To get. Yeah, there's quite a few of them. Your thoughts? Yeah. Um, number one, what we're what we're talking about here, um, Scott. Just in case other people aren't familiar, we're talking about what the Bible says in Revelation 20, and uh, three times in three verses, in verses two, verses three, verses four, the Holy Spirit calls out a thousand. A thousand years. I'll just read it real quick here. It says uh, in verse one, it says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for how many years? A thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after this, uh, after these things, he must be released uh, for a little while. And then verse four, it says, and I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshiped the image of the beast or his image and had not received his mark uh, on their foreheads or on their hands. And they did not, uh, and they lived and reigned again with Christ for a thousand years. So, thousand years what do you think that the holy spirit is talking about there it's a thousand it's a thousand years but you have some people we would probably call them uh amillennialists they don't believe in a uh in a pre-tribulation rapture our eschatology would have the church age and then we would have uh, next thing on the calendar is the tribulation, or it could be Ezekiel 38, 39, tribulation period. Um, well, next thing on the calendar is the rapture, or um, could be Ezekiel 38 or 39 coming in there, but somewhere close to each other. Then at the end of the seven-year tribulation, you have the second coming of the Lord. Then there's this millennial reign where we will rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. At the end of that, there's a new heavens and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. Now, um, those who don't believe in a pre-millennial rapture, all millennialists, uh, they would be called post-millennial, believing that Jesus' second coming is, uh, is after the millennium. And to those folks, I just tell them, it makes no sense. And then I give them the list that I shared with you, uh, that I shared with you last week. Mike, do you want me to, to list some of those again? Yeah, go ahead. Because I think it's okay. important because I think people need to know why 
you know, Jesus said, watch and be ready. You don't know what hour your Lord's going to come. Well, if Jesus can't come to the middle of the tribulation, then Jesus was lying to us. If Jesus can't, if Jesus can't come back to the end of the tribulation period, then what's the idea of watching and being ready? You don't know what hour your Lord's going to come. In fact, Jesus himself talked about this in Matthew chapter 24, the last six verses or so. That evil servant says in his heart, my Lord delays his coming. He eats in the drinks with the drunk and beats his fellow man. He was a mean old drunk is what he was. The Lord of that servant will come when he's not expecting him. The Bible says he's going to get his portion with the hypocrites. That's hell, buddy. That's not, that's not, uh, that's not just, well, he just loses some of his rewards. No, no, that's not what he, Jesus said. Again, let's read it for what it says. Well, see, and that's what I'm saying. So I think there's a lot of them. First of all, Jesus said, in the days of Noah were so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. They were eating, drinking, marrying, given in marriage. Wow, party time. Yeah. That's exactly what they were looking at, partying until a great judgment fell on them called the flood. Right now, people are in party time, not realizing there's a great judgment getting ready to fall on the world. Now, if you go to Revelation 16 and on, mere survival is all you're going to find. All the trees have burned up, the water's turned to blood, the sea has turned to blood, every living thing in the sea died, the trees are burned up. It certainly isn't. Um, eat, drink, and be merry. It's mere survival. So it's a complete different picture. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. And uh, Scott, if I don't get through this, uh, you can email me at Calvary Chapel Rapid City. Um, and uh, and I'll, uh, I'll get you that uh, full list. But here's, because I know that we're coming up on the end of the program. So I'll give some distinctions between the rapture and the second coming. The rapture only affects believers, the second coming affects all people. You can see that from 1 Thessalonians 4 and Revelation 19. At the rapture, Christ comes in the air. At the second coming, he comes to the earth. And you know what? He actually sets down on the Mount of Olives. 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Corinthians 15, Zechariah 14, 4. At the rapture, Jesus comes for his own. At the second coming, he comes with his own. John 14, 1 Thessalonians 4, Revelation 19, Zechariah 14, Colossians 3, and Jude 14. Here's the fourth one. At the rapture, only believers will see him. At the second coming, every eye will see him. Now, number five, soon after the rapture, the tribulation begins. At the second coming, the millennium begins. Daniel 9, Revelation 20. At the rapture, the... uh, uh, the church, uh, the, uh, at the rapture, the earth isn't changed. At the second coming, the earth is transformed into a Garden of Eden type environment that, uh, that God created in the beginning. Uh, in the rapture, the believer is changed to immortal. At the second coming, believers remain mortal and on earth. First Corinthians. 15. At the rapture, believers are removed from the earth. In the second coming, it's the unbelievers who are removed from the earth. And uh, that's 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Corinthians 15, Revelation 19 and 20. There you go, Mike. There's about nine of them. Yeah, you got them in there. That's great. 
Hope that helps, Scott, Sandra, Reggie. Hey, we're out of time. Stay, call us tomorrow. We'll put you on first thing. Scott Stanley will send you out books and DVDs. Thanks, Greg. God bless you all. Good night. See you next week. Ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Everyman and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 